0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Christmas gift edition of the Hunting Gear Podcast. And today we have two hunters who have two different lists, and they have a list for what they would like to receive for Christmas, as far as hunting gear is concerned, and what hunting gear and equipment they would like to give as, uh, as gifts to other hunters, and just like a general... You know, I I wish more hunters would have this product or try this product. And uh, it's a really, really cool, fun conversation. I know it's that time of year where, um, you know, we sometimes have to have a a conversation with someone that goes a little like this. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't matter really what I get because I'm a hunter and uh, I buy that stuff for myself anyway. Um so uh a couple of there's some couple of really good comments in this episode about um we kind of get what we want anyway um but there are times where we have to save a little bit and uh, plan ahead for some uh maybe some bigger type of uh purchases and we talk about that as well. Uh I even drop a couple of my wish list uh Christmas list gifts uh, throughout this episode as well. So it's a good episode. It's a fun episode. I know a lot of us are probably driving right now or just maybe we have turkey hangovers right now and we're hoping to just uh, relax or worse yet, you're sitting in a parking lot during like a Black Friday type uh, of event and your wife is in the store and you're sitting out in the parking lot because she wants to, and I wish you could see my fingers, spend time with you this Friday which means you're her chauffeur to all these dumbass stores like Lane Bryant or Hobby Lobby or Michaels and I could just go on or whatever right and you don't want to go in because there's nothing of interest there for you so guess what you are sitting in the vehicle listening to this episode so awesome episode today before we get into it we're going to go ahead and uh do a real real quick commercial segment average conservationist the average conservationist.com awesome apparel awesome lifestyle brand uh, t-shirts hoodies hats cool logos um, something that uh, you know you can wear and people will look at you and go hey that guy's an outdoorsman so uh, go check it out the the cool thing about this company is that they give 10% of all of their profits to some form of a conservation effort. That's more than I can say about a lot of other companies who have been around a lot longer. So uh, um, check that out. And if you do decide to purchase online, enter the discount code uh, NFC10. NFC10, and that's going to save you 10% off your purchase. Next is HuntStand, one of the most functional hunting apps that there is. You know, it's got the mapping, it's got the ability to save trail camera pictures. Uh, It's got monthly up-to-date digital mapping, like satellite imagery. So you have the most up-to-date satellite imagery on your phone. Um, You can leave, you know, pins, you can basically journal everything that you find and see from the stand or while scouting on this app. And the more that you document, the more that you journal and save information on this app, The better you'll be able to forecast where to sit when the time is right to go hunting. So, uh, huntstand.com for more information and enter the discount code SN20, SN20 for 20% off of an annual plan. I think it's like 30 bucks. And so then you would get 20% off of that. Uh, Check that out. And then, lastly, the crew over at Lone Wolf, uh, man, love that product, right? All I do is kill deer out of that, uh, out of out of that tree stand. Right? It's easy to set up. It's easy to tear down and be mobile with, and it sets up in crooked trees, so you don't have to have a, a completely straight tree to set up. It allows you to get basically anywhere that you need to be to get a shot on a whitetail, and uh, that's very important to someone like me. So uh, head o- head on over to their website, take a look at. Uh, um, you know all of the tree stands they offer. I'm a huge fan of four sticks in the assault, and that gets me anywhere that I need to be. Uh, if you do decide to purchase online, any purchase over $200, this discount code will work on, and that's 9 fc 219 9FC21, and that's going to save you $50 off of all purchases over $100. Uh, lone Wolf all right go check go check out all those uh, brands um, first off let me say I hope all of you get the opportunity to spend time with your family in the next couple of days very important I know I'm gonna be eating conversating playing a shit ton of cards laughing having a good time and uh, talking about the good old days with uh, with the family so uh, be safe enjoy yourself Happy Thanksgiving. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, on the phone with me today is Isaac Gallatin from Iowa here. Isaac, what is the first product on your Christmas wish list?
1: First one on my list is uh is a set of uh, a couple new stands. I had some stolen from me this year, so I need to replace those. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> that sucks. Like I, yeah, don't wanna, I don't want to, I don't want to just take over right now, but man, if there's one thing that pisses me off more than anything else, it is a thief. My God.
1: Yep, yeah. And a partner with that, just a couple extra cameras to go to go on each of those stands now. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> right. So, uh, were these stands stolen on
1: private ground or public ground? Private, man. That's the crazy thing. I haven't had any issues in like six years that have been out there. Yeah. And, uh. And, uh, the farmer felt real bad that I'm, that I'm working with and he, you know, he offered to pay for how, like, he, he's gracious enough to let me hunt there. So I'm, yeah. I'm not too worried about it from his perspective.
0: Yeah. I feel you. Um, so you're looking to replace, uh, some tree stands. What tree stands, uh, specifically did you have in mind?
1: You know, honestly, I'm thinking I have an X-Stand. I really like my X-Stand. Uh, I have a couple of those that I run. These were just cheap uh, cheap ones from Menards, and that's great, too. If my wife wants to get me those, I'll take them. Right. Because um, they're out in the weather, I don't want to have to take them down. And so uh, X-Stands would be, like, the preferred for the ladder, uh, the two ladders that I want to replace. But, honestly, just the cheap ones from Menards work really well for me, too. Yeah. Are
0: X-Stands ladder stands?
1: They are, yeah. They are. The, one, the one that I have is, yep. Okay.
0: And th- what makes them special is – I. I- Correct me if I'm wrong, but you can lean them against the tree and then they have like a clamping mechanism that clamps down on the tree.
1: Yeah, you can clamp it from the ground before you start climbing. You'll have a, a couple of good teeth in the in the tree already. So it's pretty yeah. safe getting up there. Now, obviously, there's still some some risk there, but, um, but that's where you take your precaution. Gotcha.
0: Are you a, a sticks and hang on guy or d- uh, does most of your hunting happen from a, uh, a ladder stand?
1: The private land that I hunt is, I, I try to get ladders up for me and then my, my daughter's getting older. Um, she's she's going to be six next year, so she's wanting to get out there and, and do some some washing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like the ladder stands, but uh, you know, I, last year I started with the saddle and uh, do some sticks and, and hang on stuff with that too. So yeah. I do a lot of public land hunting and that's what I'll, I'll use there. Okay. All
0: right. So you mentioned some trail cameras to go uh, around and near. Are, are trail cameras on your wish list too?
1: You know, they are. I haven't done enough research to find anything. I, I want to get some cellular ones. Uh, I really started running trail cams the most um, that I've ever done it last year. and had some really good bucks um, on there, but I think it just made me too hesitant for, for good bucks that I saw in person Yeah. because um, I, I kind of had an idea of what I had out there. And so I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it, but I really want to get some cellular ones um, so that I'm not in the woods as much and, uh, and I can check them kind of. And I, I drive, you know, an hour and a half uh, to get to where I hunt the private lands. And so um, the cellular ones, I think, would help. So I'm thinking about picking up a couple of those. Yeah, just yeah. not sure what brand yet.
0: Got to do a little research yet on that. Um, and yeah. uh, okay, so what's the next product on the list then?
1: Uh, something that I've been wanting to try for a couple of years now. I think it, it you know, it came out pretty recently. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's the Bow Spider, the carrying system.
0: Uh, no, I'm not familiar with that. Uh,
1: it's a little, uh, it's a little clip that you put on on your bow, and then it's got like a little uh, latch that you can either put on a tree, you can put it on uh, the back seat of a car, which is where I want mine. You can throw it on your pack, and it kind of uh, clicks in. It's got a little—I can't explain it very well, but it, bow spider is what it's called, and um, it's it's a really cool uh, modular method of of being able to like hang your bow and uh, and, and pack your bow in. Um, I haven't had any experience with it. I've seen reviews and stuff like that, mostly commercials, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's something I want to try. I don't have a really like, you know, I have a case and stuff for my truck that I throw it in, but if I could hang it on the back of my seat with something that simple, that simple, I think that, uh, that might be something worth, uh, worth checking out.
0: Okay. So it screws into your, like a piece of it screws into your bow, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so you, uh, the, the one piece that it sticks off just a little bit, maybe an inch and a half to the side and it goes, it, uh, it's got a little fitting that you would screw your stabilizer into. Yep. Um, and so it just mounts right there, and it has a little piece sticking out to the side, and that's what that's what would latch on to your uh, to the truck or to that other piece that okay um, that would be the actual holder. Okay,
0: I'm looking at it right now. So it's one of those things where there's several receivers for it. Like you can hang a receiver in a tree, you can put one on your pack, you can put one yep. in the back of your truck, and then it has one fitting that attaches to your bow. And that way, the only thing you have to do is you know when you're in your truck just hang it from there or if you start to walk hang it from your pack or when once you get to the tree you hang it from the that receiver so it's like a like a male female type scenario there
1: yeah okay yep.
0: cool yeah that's very interesting i always you know sometimes i will attach my bow to my pack and strap it down mm-hmm. sometimes i'll hold it Sometimes I'll put it in a bow holder. If I typically I put it in a bow bow holder if I'm doing a run and gun set where I have to run, yeah, you know, like do a complete, uh, you know, do that. So I don't know, man. I uh, um, I'm, I'm I still always tinker with the best method of carrying all my shit into the woods. So this yeah. this actually looks pretty cool, though.
1: Yeah, and honestly, uh, this is the first year that I've really been doing some like long, long hike in right yeah um super super remote no float no floatability back there so you know I, my hands get tired they get cold carrying it in with carrying yeah. it you know by hand uh, i picked up a, a cabela's all-day transporter fanny pack that has a bow spot on it uh, I, that's i love having it like that but i think it i think there's a lot more wear and tear that comes on the bow that way on the strings and yeah. that makes me nervous yeah Um, and so this, this looks like a cool idea. Again, I've never tried it. So, um, it's something, it's something I threw out there. Maybe, maybe more of a stocking separate, but it's kind of expensive. So
0: yeah, 80 bucks or 85 bucks for it.
1: Yeah. For what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a guy could get away with creating something with just some of the junk he's got in his garage.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think you could definitely make something that would be very similar.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So the bow spider would be on your list. Uh, what's the next thing?
1: uh honestly i used uh, you talk about this stuff all the time onyx, right yeah and uh i i used it we were at i went to a deer camp with a buddy of mine he was gracious enough to let me come out to to his grandma's place and um he had just one of the ones that he said in a tub and and you know let it go for 20 minutes or whatever and and boy they, they smell weird yeah. <laughs> i don't know if you've noticed that but yep. it smells weird and i was like what is that and uh, i used it the first time and i had uh first of all the best rut experience of my life even though i didn't shoot a deer um Right after using it, I'm not I'm not contributing it 100 to that because the wind was right too. But um, I, I need to get something like that right now. I'm you know my clothes are in a cedar lined closet and that's about it. I use a spray to try to cover it up, but um, I'm a believer in that stuff. I think yeah, uh, in, in utilizing you know some sort of that ozonics or, or whatever you want to use, but um, that electronic method was was pretty interesting to me. So I, that's that's on the higher end of my list.
0: Yeah, that's uh, and that's one of those things I always tell people uh, try to borrow one from somebody before you make the purchase just to see if it's right for you. But man, once you have one, you're going to want to buy one. Um, Now, did you only soak your clothes in it? Or like when I say soak, I mean, run them machine in the, in the tote, or did you actually have it in the tree with you?
1: We only ran it in the tote. And, uh, and so I know a lot of people take it. Like, I think you even have, you know, a stand or so in your spot to put it in, in your tree. And that's super interesting to me too. Yeah. Um, they make a little tiny bit of noise, but not like, but it's, it's white noise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's super beneficial there too. I can see it working really well yeah, uh, that way. But yeah, just the soak is what we did. Um, and, and I was impressed with it that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shoot, I, I wore my clothes for like two days after that in the, in the woods, um, pretty long hike in. And I, you know, I pulled them out of my truck and they still had that kind of weird, scent, right? Yep. Um, or nonsense. I don't know if it's, if, it's the, if it's the complete lack of scent maybe is what it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the smell of ozone is what it is. I mean, that's, yeah. that's exactly what ozone smells like. And I'll, I will tell you this and they sponsor the nine finger chronicles side of all this. I don't know, like a lot of people will say, Oh, you know, dude, you know uh, it takes the, the woodsmanship out. I mean, people are using cell cams. They're using like right. the, the technology today in, in even behind a compound bow or a cell camera or a crossbow exactly. or it, it just, it just is, it's all there. Right. So I use it mm-hmm. because I like, I like using ozone in the tree and in the, the dry wash bag because I, because I want every, every sit in the stand to count because the older I get, the less I hunt and I want every, hunt to be on point right so that's why i'm i'm a big fan of using uh ozonics and using ozone
1: yeah and, and you you hit that the nail on the head there i think because to me if i'm using a you know a stick and is a, you know a stick bow and that's it yeah and the guys i mean you can kill a deer like that with red flannel and in a tree with with jeans on smoking a cigarette right if you have right. the wind right right <laughs> there's people that did that for a long time but uh, I don't have enough time to get out there and do it. I have kids. I've got a family. Uh, I work right. Just like, just like all of us and I'm trying to maximize my time in the woods. And I think that's the way we can do it. I don't, I don't feel like it's, it's still, to me, I've heard the, the fair chase argument. And, um, to me, those same guys would go out and help with a rifle. And to me, you, you've got to balance it out for yourself. And that's, yep. that's where I'm at.
0: Absolutely. That's a great point. All right. Um, ozone machine. Uh, do you have anything else on this list?
1: The last item on my list is probably going to be a, uh, you know, I like the, the filming podcasting thing and that's on there too. But to be honest, I just wore out my last pair of lace-up boots mm-hmm. and um, I, they've probably got a hundred and some miles on them after this year. And I need a new pair of those. I, I hate to to fill my list with things that I need instead of things that I want. But right. um, that's, that's the next step. And I, am not even sure what, uh, what pair I want yet. I haven't done enough research, but um, you know, my rubber boots are fine and, uh, I need to get a, a better pair of lace up yeah. I'm run some old redheads right now. So,
0: yeah, I've had my crispies for four years and they performed outstanding. So I'm the kind of guy who, if it works, I'm just going to go ahead and get the same pair of boots, the crispy Thors. Sure. I think before Turkey season, I'm going to buy a new pair of boots. So that's definitely on my so- Christmas list.
1: Let me ask you about those because that's, a, that's a pair that I've been looking at. Are they, how's the sole on them? Cause a lot of the crispies, um, and you know, really anything that's made more for out West have really, really stiff soles, and you yeah. know, that's tough to walk in some of the, some of the dirt we walk in. How are those stores?
0: Uh, I don't even, I guess I don't th- ever think about it. You know, like the, if I, I feel like if it's designed for vertical and you're, you know, climbing steep mountains and things like that, it's gonna perform just as well on flat ground, like you know, like here in Iowa. So yeah, and and one thing about these boots that I like, and I've mentioned this in the podcast before, is when you when you're not thinking about your feet or you're not thinking about, you know, a a product, that means that product is performing very well because you're not thinking about it. So I've never had any type of issues with those crispy Thors even like up until this year, like finally the, like the, the shoelaces broke and after four years, I didn't even replace the shoelaces. So finally they broke. (laughs) Um, I've cleaned them. I've washed them up and it's just what, what's happened is it has lost its um, waterproofing over a four year period. So it, they, they get wet and then they stay wet for a longer period of time and it so, it soaks into the foot and it just, it's time, you know, four years, I don't, maybe a thousand miles of use right. out, out of them, period. So I don't know, man, that's, uh, that's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of usage out of a single pair of boots and you know how hunters are, we beat the shit out of our equipment so the, oh, yeah. I, and i wasn't thinking about it until the last hunt that i went on with them and now my season's over for the most part and i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna you know buy a new pair nice all right so that's your uh that's your wish list now if yep. you were going to purchase something for other hunters right? Maybe it's a a buddy of yours who doesn't have very good equipment or, or hasn't upgraded in several years, whatever, whatever the case may be, or just hunters in general. What are some products that you would purchase for other hunters?
1: Well, one of uh, one specifically in mind is, uh, is a, is a good, a better pack, right? He's using a no frame, no foam frame, nothing pack, right? It's the, it's like, it's like a four-year-old School backpack has <laughs> a dinosaur he's on it. Of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like hanging stands off of it and stuff like that. He'll know who it is when he hears this. But um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna probably hand me down a, a pack of mine just because I've got one that I'm not using anymore. Now that I switched to that fanny pack and uh, and that way it's it's he, this whole deer camp. He was complaining about his back, and I was like, right. "It's because of your pack the whole time." He's getting beat up, right? Um, but then just kind of the general item that that I would recommend is, is, um, a good multi-tool man. Like those, those are invaluable Uh, to me. And like, I don't carry my buck knife on me most of the time. It's usually in my pack or even in my truck. If I know I'm going to have, have a blood trail, but, um, a multi-tool is always with me. And so that's a really good one for just the general outdoorsman. I think
0: that's a fact. I have one in my truck and I don't use it a ton, but it's always there when I need it. You know what I mean? And whether I need a, a flathead screwdriver or a um, an Allen wrench or a knife or, you know, something simple that just takes a couple minutes and I don't need to like, and I'm in the field, whether it's in the summertime, April, you know, during turkey season or, you know, during fall. I don't use it a lot, but I'm glad I have it in my truck when I do need it. For sure. So multi-tool, uh, what's after that?
1: The other one, I, my friends always tell me I get a little, uh, little sentimental on this stuff. So the other one is, and this is something that I kind of want too. I haven't, haven't found anything for it yet. But uh, you know, I've got a couple kids now, and um, most of my friends do as well. Especially the ones that are that I'm out hunting with. I'm thinking about something that's like a hand-me-down item, right? Okay. Knife, nothing crazy, nothing super expensive, but maybe a really cool pocket knife that they can take with them or have on them all the time that they can, they can hand that down to one of their kids. Yep. Um, you know, I went on an elk hunt. Last year, uh, out in Colorado, and um, that was something that I really wanted to have with me. So I'm, I'm looking for something like that that I can I can guess some of.
0: Okay, um, that's awesome. You know, that's a tradition. Okay, I don't. It's not on my desk now. I think it's in, in a in a little uh, basket I keep over across to my office. So my grandpa, um, when I was a junior in high school, I think it was a junior in high school. I didn't have a knife to cut some bale string because i was helping him move hay and so um yeah for from the barn to the horse yard and so he handed me a knife and he goes you can keep that you just have to keep it you know in you all the time that way you don't need a knife so i'm like oh cool my and my grandpa's been dead for yeah. several years now and so i thought that was really cool and i kept it around and i, I used to keep a knife in my pocket all the time but um uh but I looked it up, and the cool thing about that is, that specific knife was made in 1963. So somewhere around you know, mid 1960s is when he bought it. He kept it in his pocket for however many years. Uh, you know, kept it sharp, and you know, you can tell it's been sharpened several times. It's got some wear on it, mm-hmm. but it's sentimental in value, right? There's no value to that, like money, exactly. monetary, but. I'm hopefully someday it'd be cool if I could pass that down. The company doesn't even exist anymore. It's been purchased (laughs) and renamed and sold and all that stuff. But, um, 1963 is when that, when that knife was made. (laughs) I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool, man. Yep. Yep. And Uh, that's what we're doing, right? Like not, not to get, not to get, you know, sentimental, but we're being hunters and passing that down to our children. We're passing on the tradition of doing it. Right. That's a fact. Um, and so it's cool to, it's cool to have something like that and say, Hey, even like you said, you use it to cook, it's got hay bale, uh, the hay, the hay wires right on there. So yep. just something like that where it's, he didn't, he may not have even thought about it at the time, but it's, it's the world view and that's, that's something cool, man. Yep.
0: Absolutely. All right. Anything else on your, uh, I'd like to give other hunters,
1: uh, you know, just, just giving them the experience is, and they're not even hunters yet. Right. But giving people the experience, my dad and I used to do some gun hunting and, um, I'm going to try to get him back into uh, to archery season. He's a little older now, and it's. It, I'll be honest. I'm getting. It's getting cold during gun season. I, I'm tired of sitting in it. Right. <laughs> and uh, both season gives you the, the luxury of, of getting some nicer weather. Sometimes too nice. Um, but so I'm, I'm just going to try to get get him. Uh, you know, even somebody older, just get them get them involved in either archery or, or he's probably going to be a crossbow, but something like that. Yeah. Um, that's that's the gift I'm going to try to give them.
0: So you're looking at you're looking at giving your time basically, which is. Amazing. You know, giving your time to, you know, get someone's fire relit or stoke someone's flame or potentially get somebody else brand new into hunting.
1: Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, um, something just popped into my head and I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to talk about it separately on this podcast, but I'm just going to talk about it right now. One thing that I wish I received in my stocking every single year was like, would be like 50 screw in hooks the the little ones you know you can hang a pack off of it or you can hang a bow off of it or whatever i go through so many of those i don't know what it is i don't know how i lose them or misplace them or i put them in some place and i forget where they go but that is one item that i cannot find when it's time to go on the first sit of the year I think I know where it's at, and then I'll go look in that in this box I have or this dresser that I have all my hunting gear in, and they're not there. So I have to run to uh, the store. Uh, usually it's a Shields or a Walmart and buy, you know, 20 of them for the entire season, and then yep. I, I have them for the entire season. But for some reason, it's a product that I, I should have hundreds of them, but I never have any when I need them.
1: <laughs> you know it's so funny i actually just left my last three for this season because i did the same thing i left my last three in uh, it, uh on some of the public land that we were hunting and i didn't mm-hmm. screw them in they were they were the strap-on ones but yep. and then um the other thing that just reminded me you just reminded me of uh, lighted Knox man i have buddies who didn't even know about them that have been bow hunting for a couple of years yeah and they saw me have some and they they loved them so that's, that's another thing that, that is a cool thing to throw in a stocking do you like lighted knocks? You know, I like the the ones that I have. I've had good experience with. I shoot them probably twenty times before I go out, just to make sure they're not flowing weird. Because sometimes I do think that they do fly different. Um, but the ones I've the ones that I've used have, have worked well for me. I like them. I'll, I'll pull it out um, after it's. You know, I usually don't put one in the morning, but then I'll, I'll put one in. And I'm doing an all day sit. I'll, I'll swap my arrows. You know, probably two thirty, three o'clock, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, just in case it gets into that evening, they've been super helpful for me. If I get one close to close to dark and I don't get down early, yeah. um, and, and risk pushing it, but, uh, I don't use them during the day, but I do like them for their purpose.
0: Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I've just never been that guy who wants not lighted knocks on his arrows. I don't know. I've shot them <laughs> w- one year. I shot them and maybe it's cause I'm a dipshit, but I would shoot them <laughs> practice wise. Right. And you know you gotta you gotta pull them out or you know whatever <laughs> you, you need to do. And I could never get it. So my my knocks would just stay stay lit the whole summer. And then by the time <laughs> the season comes, the, the batteries worn out of them and they don't even they don't even work anymore. So I just said, screw that, I'm not even gonna bother putting them on my arrows.
1: Hey, that's why I have a multi-tool on me all the time. I use the little flathead part to, to flip it off. Oh, there you go. There <laughs> you go. The only, yep, that's probably the most use my, my multi-tool gets. You know, multi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I tell you what, uh, I, Isaac, I, I hope you get everything that you that you uh, want under your tree. And uh, I hope that, you know, you're, I, I like that you're thinking of others in this, uh, in this segment here. But uh, Isaac, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, uh, sharing time with us. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, man
1: thanks man i appreciate it happy thanksgiving merry christmas we'll uh we'll talk to you later
0: all right on the phone with me right now connor little connor what are some uh uh, hunting products that you would like to get for christmas this year
2: hey dan uh first thing i want to go ahead and uh things that i would like to get is uh one thing i've been looking at for a couple years and quite haven't pulled trigger on yet it's going to be the summit 20 foot climbing sticks um you know, I have a couple ladder stands, with, you know, your traditional two man, not a huge fan of putting those together, to be honest, a uh, little lazy on my end to be uh, totally
1: transparent.
2: And I kind of had this idea where I wanted to hang some stuff up and just use those, use those sticks as I guess to be a little bit more portable, but not too portable, you know, as opposed to like a hang on stand and be able to move my uh, hang on from tree to tree and just move those sticks and. You know, I think it'd be a little easier than trying to just get in and get out. And that's a theory I want to test there. Um, you know, I do have a lone wolf, so that's really the, the theory behind trying to get on that. And,
0: so you have, you know, you're looking for, you have a lone wolf hang on, but you're looking for uh, climbing a tree, the portion that portion to be more, uh, more mobile. So you think the yes. the, the summit 20 foot climbing sticks would take care of that problem?
2: Mm-hmm. I would, what I'd like to do is be able to actually, you know, in the future get three or four and just be able to rotate my lone wolf from spot to spot. Gotcha. Um, and I think that would be a game changer too. Another thing too is that it is 20 feet tall and I, I do live in Texas. So where I hunt, there's a lot of live oaks and they don't actually grow very tall. But when I can find the occasional wide oak and get in it, being able to get that additional, you know, five feet, that you know your traditional ladder standard that i've seen mostly around here 15 feet that extra five feet makes a huge world of difference
0: Gotcha. because
2: um, i've been picked off many times at 15 feet so that's that's another portion of it as well
0: okay uh what's next on your list
2: next is uh something that uh, i guess is kind of specific to me being down south is i need a really good early season uh october it's still hot but waterproof food as well i have some Combat boots, I guess you'll call them, that aren't waterproof. But when that morning dew gets on them, it's miserable and your feet are wet. Even though it's not cold, nobody likes their feet being wet. It's the uh, Under Armour Hover Dawn waterproof boots. Um, I've been a big fan of Under Armour footwear, you know, since I got, like, some cheap tennis shoes at Marshalls a couple years ago. And uh, I eventually got into some of their hunting stuff as well. I actually have their Charger Raider, I think, that are their insulated boots. Um, Love them to death they're my go-to year-round they're 600 gram insulated these are uninsulated like i said early season so you know i've shopped around there's a few places that you can actually find them discounted might have limited sizes but if they uh if they fit your feet then it might be able to work um is this a a huge fan of under Armour footwear in general
0: is this a like uh, a traditional rubber boot that comes high on the calf or is it just like a regular hiking boot it's just waterproofed
2: It's like a hiking boot. It's just waterproof.
0: Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. Not,
2: not like a a muck boot or anything like that.
0: Okay. Uh, the next thing, all seasons, big ching, ching on, ching on,
2: ching on, ching on, ching (laughs) on, ching on. Okay. Platform eight
0: foot blind.
2: So this is a pipe dream of mine and it's going to be on my, uh, want to get list for probably years and years now. Um, kind of echoing what i was saying there are some areas i would like to really hunt that aren't really i guess tree stand available uh just because it's a lot of scrub brush brush real thick cover um have some platforms out and we'll get to that and some other stuff here later but um i've heard great things about them they're insulated they're giant they're expensive and come with that price tag Uh, another thing i'd like to be able to do is uh I heard Bill Winky say this on a podcast he's trying now is actually sleeping in the blind. Um, I feel like that'd be something fun to do and just to try it. And uh, maybe test my friends, As you know, instead sit sitting all day. We make it the Connor Little 48-hour deer hunt challenge. <laughs> uh, don't, don't know if that'll actually be a thing that sticks. But, well, I guess we can see. So, I, all seasons, I guess, for... You know, Texas feeders are a big thing as well. They, they are pretty much top of the line as far as quality of the product. And
1: one of these days
2: in the future when, you know, I'm a big boy, I can uh, maybe be able to afford one. But it's definitely going to be something I get, you know, at some point. If I'm 65 years old and retired, you know, so be it. But gotcha. We'll be on my list until then.
0: Is that more of a rifle uh, or gun blind? Or can you, I mean, you should be able to shoot a bow out of it too, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of the hybrid ones. It it, will, it is a rifle blind, but it has the uh, the little I guess they're like not octagonal, but the corners are are flattened off, and they have the little windows in, it so you can shoot out of there with the horizontal panes as well. Um, so it's 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 pretty much a little bit of a hybrid blind. You can gotcha. pretty much do whatever you want out of it, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. And I take it these next two go hand in hand: the the tethered Phantom yes. and the Timber Ninja sticks.
2: Yes, so the last two years, uh, myself personally, I've tagged out a little earlier in my county than you know. I'd say what I liked. That sounds ungrateful, but you know, when you got three, four weeks left of hunting left, and you kind of want to do something, and you know, I want to dabble in the public land around me. Texas is not really adept for hunting public land. There is a little bit of a national grasslands not too far from Fort Worth, um, but. It's uh heavily, heavily pressured, and if you want to really get anywhere, it's, we're talking two-mile walks into the middle of nowhere through thick, thick stuff. Um, and, you know, I love my uh, my Alpha, but it, it's a little big. It's not the Assault, so um, don't know if I'm going to be making that trek as well with that, you know. But the saddle thing is something I've wanted to dabble in a little bit to begin with. I know uh, lots of people have sworn by this in the next you know, the last few years. And it's, uh, something I haven't done yet. Um, and like you said, they kind of go hand in hand, turn heard great thing about Timber Engine and just being able to have the, uh, the, uh, carbon fiber sticks, you know, going back to, if I want to dabble in public land, I'm going to be walking my butt off in, you know, mile and a half, two miles, maybe even more depending on where I go. So just, you know, going back to my theme earlier, being lazy, I want to be as light as possible and not have to, uh, Carrying as much stuff as I would if I was, you know, going to go hunt our place. Right. Okay. And
0: uh, so that's the end of what you would like as far as hunting gear and uh, equipment for for Christmas, right? Yes,
2: sir. That's okay. all for now. All right. So I mean, I can make that list much longer, and we can be here for two hours. I
0: know. So. I know. Same here. <laughs> Same here. Um, so the next group of products are products that you would like to give to. Uh, another hunter or in general other hunters as gifts because I, I take it that these upcoming products you've used and they've worked well for you
2: pretty much for the most part i think yeah living, yeah everything i have on here i own so that's, okay. that's really i guess the basis of it so all
0: right so what's the first product you'd like to give another hunter as a gift
2: uh first one i'm going to do a shameless plug for you it's going to be ozonics Uh, This is my first year with one, and I have been completely and utterly blown away by the thing. Um, Mostly in field use, I've dry-washed a couple times. Um, But, for example, I went out to my buddy's place in East Texas. And just to give you a quick description of the place, there's a box blind about every 100 acres. Um, So about as heavily pressured as you can probably get it. And Texas has one of the most liberal rifle seasons in the country that opens up the first weekend in November and runs all the way into the second weekend of January in some places. And there's no breaks. Um, so the deer get very, very heavily pressured in this part of the, uh, of the state. And my buddy has a blind in the woods that I'm only a bow hunter. And he's like, yeah, we don't really hunt there during, uh, during rifle season. So it's like, whatever, I'll go in there and see how things are. Uh, I ended up at one point having, within you know 25 30 yards of me eight or nine different deer and i was only about 15 feet high and they could see me they knew i was up there there was no doubt in my mind about that but they were just enough ease to uh be able to relax a little bit they would look up kind of peek around kind of go back to putting their nose down and then there's some chasing going on and um it really that was my aha moment with this and Totally just blew my mind that I could have you know that many eyes and noses on me, and just a heavily heavily pressured place. Those deer knew I were there, but they did not spook. They kind of just looked up and down every once in a while, doing the bottom of their head, going, you know, something's a little off, but I don't know what. But I don't feel too bad about it. So I'm gonna stay put here for a little bit. So it's uh totally you know blown my socks off, and it's been an awesome product, and really would recommend it to anyone who's going to be serious about bow hunting.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now that's a, that's a pretty good chunk of a price point for, for someone to buy as a gift or, you know, to uh, go out and buy themselves. Did you test Mm -hmm. out an ozonix first before you, you used one or did you just say, well, you know what, I've heard enough good things about it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go buy it.
2: It was, it was the second and I had, uh, kind of sat on the idea for two or three years. And then finally this year, I was like, I tried to make one purchase for myself, I guess, a year where I spent a little bit of money and that was it this year. So, um, really just mostly good things I've heard about it. And for the most part, they seem all to be true. So I, I couldn't be more pleased with it.
0: Okay. Now this one isn't brand specific, but you just have heavy arrows.
2: Yes. I, uh, so I really, I got a new bow this last year, um, and really kind of got into the year. A buddy of mine named Trey Smith, really, uh, he's kind of a gearhead to, on the, uh, bow hunting side, just simply to bows. And he kind of looked at my setup and stuff and said, you need to change this, this, and this. So ended up going with, uh, some two fifty spine VAP arrows and, uh, were made by victory, um, so obviously on the stiffer, heavier side, and I might even parlay into that. I don't want to go on a fixed blade, uh, heavy arrow rant because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who rant about that enough. But, uh, this year, for example, like I said, a lot, I had a lot of aha moments this year. Um, the deer I shot was, it was about three minutes before legal light, didn't have a ton of light. He's about 25 yards, slightly quartering towards me. Um, and so I went ahead and took the shot, caught just a little bit of shoulder, uh, and it absolutely pummeled his shoulder, blew through it, got full pass through, backside of the heart. The deer maybe went 20 yards. Yeah. And once I got up and I was like, once we you knew in real time, it's like, okay, I didn't hit shoulder. I saw it pass through, and then you get up there and you start looking at where the entry wound was and all of that, and you see it caught the backside of his shoulder right below his elbow, and you're like, whoa you know we really did some damage here um so after that i you know it's, and i'm not saying what setup you should or shouldn't use but that's what works for me and i'm probably not going to change for a while
0: yeah so would you would you guess that a majority of hunters uh, bow hunters out there are shooting a arrow that is probably not spined high enough for what they what they're trying to shoot as far as poundage on their bow
2: I would say yes. Um, All my buddies who do bow hunt here, they typically do it for one month in the, uh, in the archery only season in Texas, which is all the month of October. Um, Most of them is very much uh, go to Cabela's or go to Shields and pick out some arrows that look good. Um, And they're very casual about it. And that's what kind of, you know, I I was that way, you know, years ago, but I kind of wanted to, I guess, take things more seriously. So I would say yes, at least from my small, small sample size that, you know, I do see some guys shooting 400 spined arrows with a 70-pound draw, and I'm like, man, I don't know if you want to shoot twizzlers at him or not, but be my guest.
0: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right, what's the next one on the list?
2: Uh, next one, I believe, and I'm going to go out a little bit out of order here, but it doesn't matter, is the, uh, so this is, uh, I know we talked about the uh, Big Chingon or El Chingon, I can't remember what they call it. This is the poor man's version of it. It's the uh, Baronet Big Mike Hunting Blind. Uh, Essentially, like I said, I do have a couple platforms I've built where, you know, there's some pretty good areas to hunt that I have year-round permanent stands, but not really accessible by tree stand at all. Um, So this is an eight-foot tall, I believe it's an eight-by-seven pop-up blind, eight feet tall, and has three different windows you can shoot out of on each side all zip up, all mesh cover, you know, all the bells and whistles for a uh, pop-up line. Uh, it's very, very sturdy. That's I left it out all season last year, didn't have any kind of breaks on the poles or anything like that. I uh, have it up again this year. It's actually where I shot my deer out of this year. And it's spacious. And the biggest thing for me is I love being able to be in a pop-up blind when I can stand and shoot. That makes yeah. a world of difference to me. Yeah. Sitting down and having to shoot and it's, you know – especially in some places you almost feel like you're starting to shoot uphill a little bit. You know, if there's a little bit of an elevation change from the ground and whatnot. So being able to put this thing on like a four foot platform, I built, and then being able to stand on top of that. um, It's pretty much the only way I'm going to go on a pop up line anymore.
0: Gotcha. All right. Uh, That, and that sounds gigantic. Uh, Eight foot. I think the ceilings in this, my, in my office are eight foot.
2: (laughs) It's big. I mean, I won't lie. I've done an all day sitter there too. And I've laid down and taken a nap comfortably for an hour and I have had no issues.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's awesome. All right. Uh, the next, I like how you, uh, you described a case, a case of nose jammer. First off, how much nose jammer do you use throughout the year? And, uh, why would you recommend nose jammer for, for a hunter?
2: So I'll put it this way. I use enough. I should probably have be a stockholder at this point. <laughs> um, if I'm being totally honest, I, you know, and along with Onyx, um, I, w- I was big into the sprays for a while. Um, you know, your, your doe estrus or whatever to use cover scent. Um, then honestly, I heard about this nose jammer stuff and I got kind of tired of smelling like doe pee all the time. Um, and, You know, you have your standard scentless ones or whatever. But I believe they actually, it's a different philosophy behind Nose Jamper where it almost overwhelms the deer's senses with this really strong odor that it kind of just, I guess the theory is it blots out a lot of human detection and whatnot. So I really guess I should have done this one, you know, hand-in-hand with the Ozonics because I am a scent control freak. Um, you know, I change outside, I put everything in cases outside. I, you know, the clothes only are ever on outside. And so I'll do this on the boots and stuff for access routes and stuff like that. And, um, been using it for years, about two or three years now had good success. And then really once you throw the Ozonics on top of it, dropping ozone and then anything that sneaks by that ozone layer has gotten nose jammer on it. I mean, I pretty much think you're good to go, obviously, unless you're hunting, you know, 20-mile-an-hour wind at your back, but um, I've hunted some questionable winds for sure and definitely been able to get away with some things.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm a huge fan of Nose Jammer, too, especially for access routes. I don't bring it into the tree with me anymore. I used to spray down the Mm -hmm. entire tree that I was in, Um, and I think that – not the entire tree, right? Like right when I – maybe the bottom climbing stick or when I get Mm -hmm. up into the tree and spray some – Um, so I, I, I leave it at the truck now, spray it on my boots, spray it on my hat. And then Mm -hmm. I basically use it as a cover scent for my access routes. So I I like it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, last one, the Cadillac of lone wolf, the alpha, why that first off, why, why do you think another hunter, why would you buy this for another hunter? And second, why the alpha over the assault?
2: So this is the one thing I would say, you know, it's obviously a little bit higher price point, but you know, wives, if you love your husbands, um, this is where you need to go. Um, so the alpha a I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm about six foot two. I was about 250 pounds when I bought this. I'm about 210. Now, uh, really was just about comfortability. I, uh, I do have an opportunity to hunt a pretty big uh, chunk of private, And so I felt like I could get away with having the bigger stand being able to be more comfortable as, you know, I'm not having to move around a bunch. And on top of that, I'm able to get in and out with vehicles pretty easily without disturbing deer. Um, It is a working ranch as well as it has six or seven fracking wells on it. So you have, you know, guys working cattle and pens. You have gas trucks from the gas companies driving constantly around, checking on roads. You know, you have family out there who do, don't hunt, but they're driving around ATVs, Polaris's. So that kind of activity, I can kind of get in and out. So I can get fairly close um, to where I need to be as far as access. not really even disturbing much. So I figured, you know what, if I'm really only having to walk 200, 300 yards, why not just go ahead and get the big stand Yeah. and be able to be a little more comfortable, stretch my legs, lean over with my safety strap on a little bit, keep the back comfortable so that is just comfortability i mean everyone's situation is different but um with me being able to get a little bit more vehicle access and a lot of other places you know had your stand really didn't make a difference to me